Good morning everybody, it is Tuesday the 15th of June, I hope you had a nice long weekend, if you did have a long weekend that is. I certainly did, I played golf yesterday, not yesterday, on Sunday, and I parred the first seven holes. There you go, any golfer will know what that means, but I'm clearly destined for a professional career, so at some point I will doubtless leave the newsletter to go on to better things. That aside, Wall Street was down 86 overnight. Having been up 13 on Friday, our futures were up 46 on Saturday morning, up another 13 this morning. So this morning we have opened really quite nicely, up 78 as I speak. And it's pretty much across the board. We've got 1% moves upwards in most of the banks. Resources, BHP up 0.7, Rio 1.6, and some of those international stocks like CSL up 2.2% today. I'd like to say as the Aussie dollar falls over, but the Aussie dollar hasn't fallen over at all. It's 77 cents quite static. So a good day in the market. After that inflation number on Thursday night in the US, the whole macro debate at the moment is about inflation, whether it's peaking or whether it's going to trend higher. And if you look at bond yields, they are telling you that inflation is peaking. And the theory behind that is that there have been all sorts of supply chain issues over COVID, which have caused a scarcity of commodities in particular and pushed prices up. But as we get over COVID and those supply issues, supply chain issues dissipate, we're going to see inflation come down. So the market's general feeling at the moment is that inflation has peaked in May and that inflation will drift for the rest of the year, as will GDP growth, which has had a bit of a COVID-related peak as well. And if that's the case, then interest rates are going to come off. And that's what 10-year bond yields are showing. There's been quite a savage drop in Australian and US 10-year bond yields, particularly after the CPI number on Thursday. So even though there are some headlines about JP Morgan and Morgan Stanley saying interest rates are going to go higher, and the inflation is going to trend up. The market clearly doesn't think that. market is clearly thinking that inflation's peaking. In which case, if interest rates are going to come off, it's good for the stock market, good for technology stocks, good for the property market, good for interest rate sensitive stocks like REITs and utilities and infrastructure, and obviously good for property prices. Property prices in Sydney have been up 14.83% in the last 12 months. There are suggestions from some strategists forward slash economists that they are going to go up 20% this year, this calendar year, that is. Anyway, all doing nicely. I notice on stock-specific things, ResMed is flying along. They had their update last week, which we did mention, talking about non-COVID-related businesses seeing a pickup and the share price is broken up. The other issue in the market at the moment is gold. Gold's come off for the last couple of days. It's the one sector that's weak at the moment. Gold has had a big rally, and that was described by Macquarie last week as being an inflation-led rally. In other words, you buy gold as a hedge against inflation. People are worrying about inflation. Gold's gone up. But after that CPI number on Thursday, the idea that inflation is peaking, gold started to come off the top. 
So one of our thought bubbles at the moment is whether to get out of gold just for the moment. If inflation's going to fade away in the second half of this year, then that would be logical after the recent rally. On the diary this week, we've got jobs numbers on Thursday in Australia. 5.5% is the consensus expectation, which compares to 5.5% last month. So it's obviously not really going to affect the market, I don't think. The main event this week is the FOMC meeting, two-day meeting. We'll wake up to it, I think, on Thursday morning, and we'll see what they have to say about officially talking about tapering, maybe, see what they think interest rates are going to do from their dot plot, see what they say about inflation generally. We also have RBA minutes this week. We've got also two weeks, is it two weeks? Yes, two weeks until the end of June. If you've got any tax loss selling to do, you might think about doing that before the end of the month. Although who has tax losses in this market? I'm sure some of you have got some. And then from the end of this month, the confession season starts, which is the month ahead of results season where companies have seen their end-of-year results, at least in pro forma form, before the auditors get to it and have realised that the market is expecting something either better or worse than they are likely to report and they come and tell you about it. So the, the minefield starts. You never quite know when you're going to get blown up starting next month. Right, that's the market stuff. Now, I have had over 200 emails in the last week after I put a link into the weekend email, not this weekend, the weekend before, saying, what could we do better? And I've had over 200 emails. I'm really sorry if I don't get back to you. It is a monstrous piece of work trying to reply to them all. So apologies if I don't get back to you. And there are, thank you very much, a host of testimonials in there. There's also a plethora of constructive ideas, and I'm grouping them into similar themes for us to discuss in-house with the team. Some of the themes are universal, too much content, and I'm very happy to write less content, let me tell you. We are workshopping the word punchy. Another theme is, of course, I can't find what I want quickly, and we definitely need to improve the navigation, particularly on iPhone and iPad. And I think we'll do that by making things a lot more simple. We're sort of providing the whole website on the mobile website at the moment. We probably don't need to do that. We just need to provide a few short links to particular sections rather than provide everything on the mobile site. You can always come to the website if you want spreadsheets and stuff. So we'll try and sort that out. More stock ideas, less waffle. Tom's buy, hold, sell has been very popular, it seems. But there is clearly a need for subscribers to get more action recommendations, whereas we do a lot of descriptions, comments, hints. But it's really a bit of a waste of time to read a whole load of stuff and then find that there's no recommendation at the end. So we will try and corral our action ideas or focus our buy, hold, sells on action ideas rather than descriptive stuff. Too much repetition, classic criticism, we write too much. I'm very happy to write less, all part of being punchy, we'll try and improve that. Another one was, why do you let non-members access your podcasts and some articles on Livewire? The reason we do that on Livewire is for clicks, it is commercial for us to do so, we're not going to change that. But as for the podcast access, we are opening a new podcast account that you will not be able to go to for free. So we're going to fix that. So if you're not a member and you're listening to this, I am sorry, but we are going to cut you off at some point. You'll just have to subscribe. What can I tell you? And the other one was spelling exclamation mark. I tell you, I cringe more than you do when there's a spelling mistake. And it's not that we can't spell. 
They are typos, not spelling mistakes. They are keystroke errors. We do know how to spell, but we write so much they're just inevitable. And if we had a full-time editor, things would arrive much later. So we'll just have to do our best. And the main criticism for me, not really criticism, suggestion, is that it's hard to find the strategy summary. I write this section called Marcus Strategy, but the truth of the matter is I mix up all the strategy with other content, so it hides and people don't want to have to scroll back through past newsletters to find the core strategy comments. So from now on, what I'm going to do is have in my section, rather than calling it Marcus Strategy, I'm going to have a paragraph called Strategy Summary or something similar. But I'm going to put the strategy section in its own standalone piece and also include a strategy summary in the weekend email every weekend just in case you can't find it during the week so go to the weekend email so just to explain what the strategy commentary is the strategy or the framework for the strategy commentary is that uh, the job for every fund manager is is basically to be fully invested almost all the time and us included But most fund managers, whilst they can run up cash to maybe 30% if they were fairly extreme, but most of them are are talking cash of 0 to 10%, maybe 15%. And they can wait a little bit more to defensive assets like bonds. But we have a different mandate. We can go to 100% cash, which is unheard of in the funds management world. And as you know, we've done that two or three times over the last couple of years, gone to 100% cash. So our first discussion, we've got an investment committee, which is really the team talking over the desk or with Henry on Skype. But our discussion every morning is about the cash versus equities weighting. Now, most of the time, it's not going to change at all. We're going to be fully invested. We've only got two asset classes, equities or cash. And the idea of the strategy summary is that we're going to reflect that discussion to you on our cash versus equity setting and alert you when we think market risk is rising and especially when we think things have turned precipitous and you need to do something about it to avoid risk. So that's what the strategy, that's a background to the strategy summary. It's a reflection of our equities versus cash discussion. Most of the time it won't change. So in the newsletter today, you'll see the strategy summary. And I've introduced risk levels, one, two, three, four, and five. So risk level five is extreme market risk, 100% cash. Risk level one, which is where we, at the, where we are at the moment, is low market risk, fully invested, less than 10% cash. And that's, that's where we are at the moment. So you can see those in the strategy summary today. They're based on those DEFCON levels, which are a throwback to the Cold War, a little bit childish for us to use those in investment. So we'll, we'll have to come up with a better expression than just risk level, maybe the Marcus today risk level or something, I don't know. But the idea is to provide you with a visual of what our thinking is at the moment. And at the moment, it is less than 10% cash fully invested. And that means relax, focus on your golf handicap. Don't bother turning your screens on if you can't be bothered. And the basis for that is to say for the moment, we're hitting record highs in many markets. And the Australian market is in a strong uptrend. And you can see that from the chart in the strategy summary of the ASX 200 and its moving averages. All the short moving averages are above the long ones, which fits the basic technical definition of an uptrend. So the trend is our friend until it ends. And at the moment, it is still our friend. We're an uptrend. And if the worst the market can come up with is the fear of inflation and the fear that one day the FOMC might start tapering, then there really isn't much wrong 
even if the US do taper and even if interest rates do go up by 50 basis points over the next couple of years, which is what the ANZ suggests, it's not going to shock or surprise or create a precipitous moment in the market. And if you compare that to last year, the uncertainty based on a potentially explosive trade war with China, the exponential spread of COVID, the volatility of Trump, I mean, things are very calm by comparison at the moment. We are enjoying a much appreciated quiet bull market brought on by a vaccine-led economic recovery from the COVID lows, a new political stability, dare I say, sanity in the US, a China-led economic recovery, which is driving record high commodity prices, central government stimulus, infrastructure spending, fiscal support, as well as the onset of electric vehicles, a revolution that is going to drive commodities, copper, lithium in particular, providing some exciting spots in the market. And all this continues to be backed by accommodative monetary policy, low interest rates, even if they do tick up in the next couple of years, low inflation until it's high inflation and a vaccine rollout that hopefully eventually will get us to turn the corner on economically damaging lockdowns and travel restrictions. And that's where we are at the moment. What happens tomorrow, who knows, but our job is not to predict but to react. So at some stage the story will change and when it does we will act accordingly but to be cautious on the current market against the current trend and with these monetary settings is far too clever by half. Doubtless something will go wrong but it's not today so risk level one or whatever I'm going to call it in the future is appropriate until it's not. I had a few emails asking How do we know when things are going wrong? Well, I can tell you, all you've got to do is wake up every morning and look for things going wrong. When we wake up to a 3 to 5% fall on Wall Street, a spike in volatility, a collapse in high PE stocks, technology stocks in particular, and there's a change in trend, well, uh, maybe a new theme as well, something's gone wrong, then we can assess, digest, and think about it again, but not until so. That's the strategy summary for the moment. Fully invested, relaxed, uptrend, happy. Good, right, that's about that. Haven't had time to do a lot of other comment or content today. As I leave you, the markets come off from being up 82 to up 61. Gold, the weak feature. Lithium looking a bit shabby as well. Otherwise, everything doing very nicely indeed. You have a fabulous day and I will speak to you tomorrow. (laughs) 